This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're going to put in some practice for birthing in episode number 160. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, ladies. It's Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Today, we are talking about the question, can you practice for natural birth? This is something that I feel passionately about. I talk to mama baby birthing students about this all the time, but it occurred to me that I don't think that I've ever done a podcast about it, and I don't feel like I talk about it enough outside of the class. And that's a real shame because it's really... You know, I'm not giving women what they deserve if I don't talk honestly about what it takes to have a natural birth. I can remember way, 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 way back at the beginning of my mothering years when I was getting support for breastfeeding from the La Leche League in my area. And I am forever grateful for La Leche League. I did have trouble nursing Cassidy, my first baby, and I don't know that I would have persisted or at least been as encouraged to persist and had that sense of support if it hadn't been for the La Leche League in my area. So I was so, so supported that I decided that I wanted to learn to become or that I wanted to to go through and become a a La Leche League leader. I'm a retired leader now, not a leader anymore, but I did serve as a La Leche League leader for several years when my bigger kids were little and I really enjoyed it and I found it gratifying. But one of the things that I found frustrating was that we really couldn't talk in detail about nutrition. Now La Leche League does talk about the importance of healthy nutrition, but one of the things that nursing when you're when you're trying to promote nursing and breastfeeding, you don't want to discourage moms from doing it. And so I think that in some ways the perception was If we talk about that a mom needs to eat well in order to make good quality milk, some moms will think, oh, I can't do that. And so they won't, so they won't breastfeed. And then that baby's not being breastfed. And there is some validity to a mom who's not eating super well. Her milk is probably still superior to formula, right? But I, I had internal conflict about that because I felt like women deserve to know the truth, right? right? Don't you feel that way? You deserve to know the truth. And it's the same really when we look at, say, pregnancy nutrition. If you look at information, especially from governments, they're the worst. If you look at that information and it's talking about, oh, you just need 300 extra calories and then, you know, my plate and what, who knows what it'll be in five years. You know, they're constantly reassessing what they teach. Like, you know, it was the four food groups when we were really little in elementary school and then it became the food pyramid and now we have this plate thing and it's like all of it emphasizes a way of eating that that probably isn't best for pregnancy and that really, uh, I don't even want to say simplifies, maybe more stupefies if that that's not really the right word, but it dumbs it down to the point where it's almost useless right? It's almost useless. We focus on a few nutrients that we know are absolutely vital to a healthy pregnancy. And then everything else is just dumbed down. 
And so those are two examples of where I feel like we dumb something down so as not to cause offense or not to cause overwhelm or because we just don't, I don't know, I guess we just don't believe that moms can do it. And I don't want to do that. And and so when we look at natural birth or we look at the natural childbirth movement, as my friend Wintergreen from the Common Knowledge Trust would say, I, I do feel like we see some things like that that have happened, right? You've heard me talk about it before, especially if you've been on any of the live streams in the Facebook group lately. If you're not in the Facebook group yet, please join us. We're having a lot of fun in there. The group is really growing by leaps and bounds. I'll have a few days where I'll have like a couple people trickle in and I'll be like, oh, we're getting a break. And then I'll have days where it's like 10, 20. And I'm like, whoa, you know, all of these ladies to approve all these beautiful faces. But the conversations are really getting dynamic. And there's such a sense of support. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. So if you're not there in the group with us yet, I would love to to be supportive of you. It is a, it's a private group. So Everybody screened and, you know, if, if any haters came in, I, I kick them out. So you can you can come in and you can talk about all your girly stuff and uh, and all your pregnancy and birthy stuff and nursey stuff and everything like that. So definitely join us in the group if you're not there. I do a live stream at least once a week in the group and I've talked quite a bit about this in the group recently that I really feel like women have been shortchanged in many ways by the emphasis on the fact that birth is natural. Now, birth is natural, and statistically, statistically, you are likely to have a natural birth, which is really exciting. I think it's exciting. I'm kind of a geeky gal. I love computers, and I love analytics, and I love data, and I love research. And so for me to look at the research that says, okay, you know, the vast majority of women can have natural vaginal births. Woohoo, that that automatically puts a huge amount in your favor. And I love that. I love that. Um, but I do feel like we shortchange women when we say birth is just natural. Oh, your body was designed to do it. Because while that's true, there's a lot that we don't get. Now, if you were, heaven forbid, stuck on an island pregnant and you had to birth your baby without any outside anything, I believe that you could do it. But throughout time, that's that's not really how women have given birth or gone through pregnancy. Even in, even in cultures where women did give birth more in seclusion, which there have been some, there, there's been a, there's been a wide variety of births. Women who give birth in seclusion, women who give birth with women. There are some cultures where the husband has been a support in birth traditionally. So it looks different in different cultures. It's only recently that this whole doctor medical model thing came around, where it's like you know the wife gets shuffled off onto the doctor, and and then there's the baby. That's kind of a new, a new development in birthing, but. Women have given birth in many different situations, but what women in the past tended to have that we don't have so much now is a sisterhood where pregnancy and birth were really talked about. Now, you may be in a group of friends that's having a lot of babies and this sort of thing gets talked about more, 
But again, there's actually something missing even if you're in that situation because of the fact that doctors and hospitals and the medical model of birth has really become the norm. And so in the past, when women may have shared birth wisdom, now it's very different. Now it's either medical model propaganda. I don't want to sound really, I don't want to turn everybody off too much, but you know, just that medical model, that paradigm, or it's horror stories because people don't know how to birth outside of that paradigm. Or the fact is, is that the medical model does cause a lot of interventions and emergencies and the general lack of knowledge. For example, going back to nutrition, the fact that women don't know how to eat for a healthy pregnancy and a healthy birth means that many women come to birth and go through late pregnancy in a state of nutritional distress that they don't realize and that their doctors are ignorant of or so arrogant about that they think it doesn't matter because they're there to save the day. Even if they don't consciously think that, that is the mindset of most of the medical profession. And so when we have women talking about pregnancy and birth and sharing about pregnancy and birth today, it is within that culture of a birth a birth culture that has totally been co-opted from women's wisdom and it's been given to this medical model. And I'm not saying that birthing in the hospital or birthing within the medical model is a bad thing. I have many, 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 many students who have had wonderful hospital births. But I am saying that it leaves us without discussion, tips, skills, or even a desire to, to become skilled and prepared for birth that may have happened in the past. And so you end up with, with women who really have no idea what's happening during pregnancy, no idea what happens during birth. Or, you know, they've read an article on, you know, the mainstream pregnancy websites. Or they took the little free birthing class from the mainstream pregnancy website that's basically like a recycled hospital class. So it talks about the stages of labor. And it talks about your medication options. And it gives a little bit of lip service to natural birth, but then makes sure that it tells you not to be a martyr. And that's what you get. Or you get Hollywood. Like, how do we compete with Hollywood and all of the horrible images of birth there? Right? So when we look at it, women are just not, you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting the wisdom that you would have gotten in the past. And you're really getting shortchanged. I believe we're shortchanging women. And So let me circle back. Let me do a reset and say that when I talk about birth with the women that I'm mentoring through birth, that I'm guiding through through their pregnancies, I talk a lot about practicing for birth. Because yes, birth is natural. Yes, birth is normal. Yes, your body is designed to do it. But you're not really seeing it outside of that Hollywood context. And even when you talk about it to your girlfriends, unless, I don't know, unless you live on the farm in Tennessee and you, you know you're on this crunchy commune. It's not a commune anymore, but it was when midwifery, the rebirth of midwifery in the United States really, really came, came to a fruition there. Uh, you know, you, that, was, that was a different environment. But today we're just, we're not there. And... Skilled birth is not valued. Skilled birth isn't valued by the medical model or people who are choosing to go with that medical model. 
and skill birth is not valued uh, in some ways by people who are more in natural birth circles who want to say that birth is just natural and it's almost reactionary. The position that they're taking is reactionary because the medical model feels like the mother and baby need to be saved from each other. And so the natural birth says, no, that's not the case. Mother and baby are synergistic and they work together and, and see it just works. And this, there's truth to that. It, it does usually just work. But you can make it a lot more likely that it just works. And you can also make it a lot more pleasant and a lot more of an empowering experience when you do that preparation, when you practice. So I don't want to sugarcoat anything. I want to give you the truth because you're a smart mama and you deserve to know that. So let's let's pivot and be a little bit more practical now. I, I often compare a good birth to sports to sports. So I'll compare preparation for birth to a female athlete preparing for her preparing for her competition or climbing her mountain or whatever it is she's going to do. Or I'll compare it to mastery of art or uh, you know being a, a master author or something like that. Other creative endeavors. So sports or creative endeavors where our artist or our athlete spends a lot of time preparing and practicing for that win, for that mountain that they scale, for that best-selling novel, for that masterpiece that they create. The way that those things are measured is, is practice. And so you might be thinking, Kristen, you know, this athlete, she can go out and run. She can go out and run. You know, if she's training for a marathon, she can go out and run every day to get ready and then she's going to go run she's going to go run her marathon and you may say that your artist friend or your writer friend you know she's able to spend hours in her studio and maybe she's created 60 600 6000 paintings before that masterpiece or written six novels before she has one go bestseller or at least done a significant amount of writing and we all know that you know there's that there's that prodigy who here and there comes out and like their first thing is a runaway bestseller, but that's that's not the case for most, and we know it, and we know that they put in time, and it's like I can't I can't do that for birth. Like a writer, she can write and write and write, and then she writes her book, and a runner, she can run and run and run, and then she runs her race. I can't birth and birth and birth and birth, can I? You may ask, like you're looking at me and like Kristen, what you're crazy, but you actually. You actually can practice for birth. Clearly, you cannot push your baby out over and over and over again. You wouldn't want to do that, right? And you wouldn't want to do anything that put a lot of stress or pressure on your pelvic region. But there are many things that you can do to prepare. So think about it. One of the one of the reasons I like sports analogies is because your athlete, she doesn't just practice what she's supposed to be doing. So your runner doesn't just run for example, or your tennis player doesn't just play tennis. They also do other conditioning. They do other workouts that help condition their body, that help balance, say, a runner may balance some of that running with a little bit of strength training. Um, Your tennis player probably does a fair amount of strength training. Your climber probably does as well. So they're doing other things to build endurance, to build strength, to build muscles, to prepare for that event and part of that is literally conditioning and you can do that during pregnancy also your what you eat 
is important, right? What you eat is important to that athlete. So birth, I like the sports analogies because birth is on some level an athletic event. It's like a one-time deal or a two or three or in my case, an eight-time deal for some of us. But it really, it, so it's it's a little bit more like a, like a sprint than a long-term thing. It's not going to last for too long. And always remember that in birth, ladies, is it's going to pass and it's going to pass before long. Even the longest of labors are a tiny, infinitesimally small fraction of your life. So keep that perspective in mind. But it, it does take some athletic, not skill, but some stamina when you're in the moment. So, so that conditioning, that literal physical conditioning is part of practicing and preparing for birth the same way that an athlete would do conditioning. So your diet is really important, just like diet is really important for a, for an athlete. And what you do to move or to exercise is also important. And it's going to look appropriate for pregnancy. Definitely check out the podcast episode that I did, I think three episodes ago, uh, with Deb from the prenatal yoga center where we talk about pregnancy exercise and how you balance that with awareness and kind of developing use that practice to help not just exercise or move but also to develop an awareness that is vital to giving birth so that you know so those things are literally part of your conditioning and part of your practice to prepare for birth you need to do those things just like the female athlete does those things to prepare and even you know even if you think about it like oftentimes uh, a writer or an artist she'll do things outside of her art that help her like they may have rituals that help them prepare or routines so good writers write and write a lot and they have routines that support that Meals that support that, food that supports that. Oftentimes walking or hiking or being out in nature helps foster creativity. So again, you see that routine, you see that deliberate practice that is conditioning to help the craft flow. So, you know, whether that craft is writing or art or that craft is athletics, you see that they intentionally and deliberately have practices in place that support them preparing for that quote unquote big event. Now you can and should also practice birth skills and techniques that you need. When I talk about preparing for birth, I often think about it in threes. Like if you definitely, I'm going to talk more about this at the end, but definitely get on the masterclass with us in, you know, in a few days actually from the time that this episode is going live. Definitely get on the masterclass. We're going to talk about the three keys to a natural birth there. You can often think of threes. Pregnancy diet has three pillars. I've talked about the three pillars of birth, which is the three keys of birth. So it's often in threes. And this this quote-unquote practicing for birth is in threes as well. So it's that physical preparation is the first one, that conditioning your body for the actual birth is the first one. And then practicing these birth skills and techniques, that's the second point that I want to make. When you practice different birth skills and different birthing techniques, you are literally wiring your brain to do these things and you're literally causing these things to become part of you so these are many of these are the things that women would have talked about or shared as tips in the past 
when women got together and talked about pregnancy and birth or supported each other in pregnancy and birth or saw pregnancy and birth of their mothers and sisters and aunts from the time they were little girls and in in the context of normal physiological birth because that's not the way that it happens today and we already talked about that a lot but those those girls grew into women who had that knowledge within them who had seen it or who had heard it talked about in the context of birth is normal, birth is going to happen, and this is how you deal with it. And so even in those societies where birth was more secluded, oftentimes women talked about and gave pointers. And sometimes they probably weren't helpful, just like sometimes today people don't give helpful information. But women had more of that. And it was more part of them, and it was more part of the culture to expect that natural birth was a thing and that women should be prepared. So today you can emulate that and I would argue even go beyond that because we have the huge advantage of just understanding a lot more on a scientific, physiologic, uh, inner work, spiritual, mental, emotional level, hormonal level about what birth is and what natural birth is and how it works and how the human body works just uh, from you know a physiologic perspective and how you can open for your baby and have the quickest, easiest birth possible. We know those things and can talk about those things and teach those things more now. And so you can practice skills. So you can practice skills and techniques like breathing, like relaxation or softening or opening your body, like focusing your breathing on a particular place, like we talked about in the last episode with with dads helping. So touch and language that are helpful for birth that those would be great skills to practice with the with the husband or birth partner that's going to be supporting you Uh, different positions I don't know if I mentioned that or not but we know many different positions and you can feel those different positions you can experiment with those and see what makes you feel more open and more closed when you're going to the bathroom which as a pregnant woman is probably an obnoxious number of times a day You can literally practice softening your pelvic floor. And again, go back and listen to that episode I did with Deb a few episodes ago, Deb Flaschenberg, on pregnancy exercise because we really talk about balancing that practice. She has so much wisdom about balancing that practice of exercise with also that awareness. And all of that is, all of those are things that really train your brain. You know, I talk about training my kids' brains to clean up after themselves. You know, that really train your brain to to know what to do in birth. So even though you can't literally practice pushing your baby out again and again, you can have practical skills on board that you've practiced again and again that come online. And then I, I mentioned Pam in the last episode, Pam England. She wrote the book Birthing from Within and some other books. I think I'm going to be able to do an interview with her, which I'm really excited about. One of the things that she talks about in Birthing Within that can help is to use ice cubes. And I actually shared this uh, with a mama baby birthing student the other day. But you can like hold an ice cube and and try and practice your birth relaxation. Or if you want to take it up a notch, put it behind your ear. Because that, that's very uncomfortable. (laughs) You know, it's not going to hurt you. But it's uncomfortable and it gives you a simulation, so to speak. And so those are things that you can do. Another thing is anytime anything stressful happens in your life, you know, somebody pulls out in front of you in traffic or a squirrel runs in front of you or you're upset by something that your partner or your older child did, you can consciously step back. 
You can pay attention to your breathing, develop that awareness, and you can consciously help bring that breathing under control. You can think about positive things. Karen Strange uh, is a midwife and teacher who I have been so blessed to learn so much from. She talks about how when there's stress and tension, especially during pregnancy, your baby feels that. And then you counteract that because what you're teaching your baby is healthy patterns to overcome stress or to handle stress. So your baby learns that stress happens, which is going to happen throughout your baby's life. And then your baby learns that the healthy response to stress is to calm down. So Karen talks about if somebody pulls out in front of you in traffic, think about ice cream. (laughs) Because most of us like ice cream if you don't think about a treat that you like. Because it makes most of us smile. And it helps counteract those stress hormones. Sorry, ladies. So, I mean, another thing that may work is is gratitude, right? So when, But when you make little things like that part of your daily practice and part of your daily awareness, you're literally preparing yourself for birth and preparing yourself for healthy responses to birth, which is just a really big event with a lot going on in your body. So that first point was that that physical preparation, that conditioning that you're doing for birth. And then literally this point was literally practicing for your birth, practicing your relaxation techniques, practicing your breathing techniques, practicing different positions, feeling what positions feel good to you and help you feel open. Because not all moms are going to feel good in the same positions. Different moms want to birth in different positions. So those are all things that, that you can do. And then the next point, the final point, is visualization. And we can take this right back to that athlete, but also to many, many masters in many fields, even in the game of life will tell you that visualization is really, really powerful. We know that athletes spend time before a big game or before a big match visualizing the outcome in their favor. And they visualize it in detail. And you can do this with your baby's birth. You can visualize what you would like the birth to go like. You can also use this as as an exploratory thing where you might picture what would happen if you, for example... um, had a situation that wasn't favorable like what if they were telling you that you needed to have a cesarean or what if your labor was slow what would you do and I would recommend that you explore in that way a few times for sure with visualization but what I really would encourage you to do is to to explore some in visualization and then combine visualization with what you've been doing with practicing your birthing techniques so you know for example that um, birthing in, in a partial squat or on your hands and knees is something that you think will feel good to you. You feel really open in that position. And so actually imagine it. Actually picture yourself birthing your baby. And that is what I would do again and again and again and again. Like I would visualize my baby's births every day. I tried to take a nap. Most days at least lay down even if I didn't fall asleep. Lay down for a little bit. Listen to my pregnancy relaxation tracks. And then imagine my baby's births. And that is a good way to practice because you get to practice, you get to feel through things. And it can be hard if you don't know. Like I will say, even if you've been through birth before and you know that it's really intense, like those sensations are just out of this world. And so you may, you know, you may even have a hard time imagining them if you've been through it before. But just imagine, you know, that there's going to be this really intense sensation of pressure 
And how are you going to deal with that? And there will be pressure on, you know, in your pelvic area. And that's one that you can start to get the feeling of when you go to the bathroom because pushing a baby out feels a lot like going to the bathroom, ladies, if you're wondering. So you can literally practice how you'll handle that sensation. And yeah, just visualize in some level of detail. And it doesn't mean that you're being naive or pie in the sky or that you expect that your birth will go exactly like that. But chances are, if you've done these other things and then you visualize in a way that's really realistic on how you're going to deal with it. Oh, sorry, ladies. Afternoon sun is getting to me. It's warm and cozy in here and lazy afternoon. Anyways, if you visualize it, then chances are you will feel that this is somewhat familiar and you will have visualized and been practicing your breathing and practicing softening your body and all of those things while you're visualizing. And so it just, it becomes almost second nature when you're in your birthing time and, and you want to have your baby smoothly and naturally. All right. Again, I want to invite you to the master class. At this point, it's happening in just a few days, but I definitely want to want to do more than one. So check it out, even if you're listening to this podcast in the future. It's birthbabylife.com slash masterclass. Go check it out. We are going to talk about the three keys of natural birth. We're going to talk about the fact that most women aren't sure how they're going to handle labor pain. They may even be scared. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what you need to do to be physically prepared. We're going to talk about these different keys to being truly prepared for birth so that you don't have to worry about interventions, so that you know what to do if you lose it during labor. I'm going to dig into all of it. I've been working on this for a while. I'm really excited about it. It's totally free. So go ahead and sign up at birthbabylife.com masterclass. I also want to ask you if you've gotten value from this podcast, if you feel like it's supported you in your pregnancy or birthing your baby or in mothering, please go ahead and go to iTunes or whatever podcast directory you're using. Give it a rank up. Take a minute to leave a comment. It doesn't have to be long. But the way that other mamas will find out about the podcast is if you leave a note saying how much it helped you. I would love for you to do that if this resonates with you. And otherwise, I hope that I will see you this coming week on the masterclass, birthbabylife.com slash masterclass. I am super excited about it, and I can't wait to share everything with you on there. Otherwise, I will talk to you next week, and I hope that you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.